0: Oh, recorded
1: live.
0: Scuba Obsessed is the weekly podcast we talk about all things scuba diving from cool new gear, places to dive, and scuba new news. Scuba Obsessed episode 99 is recorded live January 19th, 2012. Welcome back to Scuba Obsessed. We'll have a few things in the news. We're going to pick up on an article I missed last week, which was about a lawsuit in the industry. We also have the tragedy of the Costa Cordia wreck. We'll have a follow-up on the shipwreck, Rena. And we also have, we'll do a little bit of talking about some club dives. And what I'd like to do is welcome some of our co-hosts for this week. We have all the way from New Zealand, Tara Sutherland. How are you doing today, Tara?
2: I'm really good, thanks, Darren.
0: And we also have a little bit closer, but still quite a drive away. We have Dave Tonneman. How are you doing today, Dave?
1: Oh, I can't complain at all, Darren. It's been a good day.
0: And we've got Mac playing hooky today. Mac and Jim Schultz, uh, they're up. uh, This is one of their secret tricks, which I'll let since they they won't be hearing this. Uh, One of their secret tricks of how they find shipwrecks is they befriend a lot of fishermen. So they're up at the Steelheaders meeting in South Haven, Michigan. Uh, smoozing with the fishermen Uh, they put on a little display which talks about scuba diving and what we do and also try to bribe them to give us the locations of where they're snagging all their lures because that's always a good lead for where there are plenty of shipwrecks commercial fishermen are also pretty good if they'll let you know where they're losing their nets those are always good signs of uh, where there could be some shipwrecks underwater so i
2: think it's a bit naughty of mac to play hooky but that's a pretty good excuse
0: it is. It is. We'll, we'll we'll give him the one out. He's been he's been pretty good filling in for Jim, so <laughs> we're still twisting Jim's arm. I'm going to try and get we got the 100th episode coming up. So everybody, everybody make sure you you mark it off for next week. We'll do episode 100. Uh I haven't i haven't quite figured out what we're going to do yet. I'm going to try and maybe have a few people on, so we'll we'll try and have something. Maybe we'll just throw away the script and just do a round table or something. We'll we'll have to come up with it. Nice. But this week, what we're going to do is get started, and the first article is right in Tara's neck of the woods, and this is one that got me quite worked up. If you've been following me on Twitter, I was kind of ticked. Uh, I'm not even down there in New Zealand, and just when I hear this, these type of comments from people, it gets me worked up. But uh, this was on the, the the shipwreck you've got going on down there, and the sunken arena. Oh, uh, yeah. Yep. And so let me—I uh, got a couple articles on that. We'll start with this first one. And this was, you know, as soon as this loads up, of course, and my computer's acting up, so if we, if something, oh, well, now Skype, it's Skype. Darn it, they want to auto-update. So if, if I lose a connection, we'll connect right back in, but uh, this is from the New Zealand Herald, <laughs> and they're saying, sunken rena could kill divers. A maritime expert says leaving the rena's stern underwater could make it a hazard for curious divers. They have been calls for the there have been calls for the stern to be left where it eventually becomes to rest as a diving spot after slipping from the Astrolab reef yesterday and started to sink. Maritime consultant John Riding, a Marine advisor at the Bay of uh, Plenty Regional Council and a former UK Maritime and Coast Guard employee, favors removing the sunken stern from the ocean. Uh, He is saying the last thing we want them to do is leave it there. It is an option, but I don't think it's a practical option given where it is. I could say it's not a hazard to navigation, but the wreck needs to be removed. The reef is a dive attraction with a stern of the arena laying on. The reef will become an even bigger dive attraction. It will kill people. So what's your so take it's on that got...
2: one? <laughs> Well, seriously, it sounds like they're not taking into account any training that divers would have or do before they went anywhere near the arena they're also not taking into account the fact that there is still an exclusion zone around the ship that's being patrolled quite heavily they're not taking into account the fact that she's still moving and if you're going to dive something like this that is still moving I think they call it the Darwin effect. Yes. You
0: know? <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> a little natural um, selection will thin there. Yeah. <laughs>
2: exactly. Now this, this particular article though, it's a week old. So she has she has moved more. Um, and she's come to rest and about 40, 45 metres of water so far, um, they still think that she might move. But what this guy also went and suggested was blowing the reef. It to blow the reef up to take Rena apart so that they can remove her. And well, that's, that just, really that's just crazy. <laughs> I mean, okay, sure, that would solve a problem, but it would completely decimate the marine environment. So... Um, What divers around the country have been talking about is not going anywhere near it until it comes to rest, and I think people understand that it could be a year or more, um, but that she is going to become part of the reef, and considering it was an accident, that that's the best thing to do for the marine life, because life around her is starting to recover. Um, She hasn't moved a lot. They're still removing the last of the the milk powder and the um, items that they can from the deck. Uh, Containers that are falling off and into the water have got sonar on them, so they're actually able to pick them up um, from uh, within the water or on the beaches. Uh, There's about 25 containers on the seabed um, and anywhere from uh, 35 to 70 metres of water. Um, and what they're trying to do is analyze the ones that have got hazardous goods on them um, and deal with those. Yeah.
0: Now, you, you said the arena is now sitting, what, about 40 meters?
2: Uh, the part, Yeah, the, the part of the stern that's sunk is in about 45 meters.
0: What I couldn't figure out was what his concern, I mean, he, he says it's for safety, but like you said, it's almost like he's figuring that people aren't smart enough to realize what they should be diving on. Was he concerned about depth? Or just that it wasn't yeah. a prepared reef, a wreck?
2: Probably more so that she's not a prepared wreck. There's a, a lot of exposed steel. Um, it, it is pretty dangerous. But he doesn't give divers any credit for knowing their limits and being sort of smart about that sort of thing. And that's and that's kind of sad because I think the majority of us pay attention to our training um, and aren't out there to kill ourselves.
0: Yeah, well, I kind Majority. of, I, you know, coming also from a public safety background, I do know there's a tendency of, I don't want anything to happen because you're going to make me get out of my chair. <laughs> so, you know, with his background <laughs> and some of the public safety, is that kind of it, you know, if there's something for you to get in trouble on, that just means you're going to have to mobilize us and we're going to have to come out and help you. And we don't want to have to oh, do yeah, that.
2: Yeah, I think that's true. Um, they do, They really don't want people hurting themselves, but... <laughs> if somebody really really wants to dive it they will they will go out there in the middle of the night they'll get through the exclusion zone they'll go for and explore but the majority of people just aren't that dumb yeah,
1: hey, Tara, did yeah. And they it get, would
2: be did, really sad sorry dave
1: um, were they able to get all the fuel off i know that the last i remember hearing they were still trying to pump the fuel off did they get most of the fuel off
2: Yeah, they did get most of the fuel off. Um, I'm just going and having a quick look at the uh, Maritime New Zealand details because they've put a whole lot of numbers up. Um, I'll post this in the chat room because it's actually quite interesting. So what they're saying uh, in terms of the arena um, is that there were 1,368 containers on board. Um, There are approximately 360 remaining um, on board the bow. And they're unsure how many are below, but they were able to remove a considerable amount. Um, over 1,300 tons of oil was recovered, and there were approximately there was approximately 1,700 tons on board when she was grounded, and 350 tons went into the um, ocean before they were actually able to seal it up and then start removing it. So yeah, pretty much is clear.
0: Have they seen much of that uh, pollution come in the shore?
2: Yeah, it did. Um, there was a lot that washed up on the beaches in the Bay of Plenty, um, but the number of people that donned hazardous hazmat outfits and just went out there with plastic bags and cleaned everything up, and they created a wildlife sanctuary quite near to the beaches. They housed over hundred birds. They were able to save just over four of them, including rare birds, and in total, I think they said that they collected uh, about 2,000 dead birds, so that's kind of sad.
0: Yeah, that is.
2: Yeah. Um, but they've retired a whole lot of equipment, they've fired uh, a few of the teams, so the double-holed tanker that was receiving the oil has gone back, a few of the tugs have gone back, the Navy patrol be- vessels have been um, sent home again, uh, as well as a couple of the helicopters, um, and the number of people have dropped down uh, by about a, uh, about a half, I think, so yeah, time to send them to Italy, maybe.
0: Oh, wow! nice.
2: That, before we,
0: before we trans, transition into that one, uh, we had another article where this one was from uh, the Bay of Plenty Times. This was an editorial. And uh, I I thought it was uh, kind of balanced that the other position of let's just get rid of it. And the author admits that she is not a diver. But she says, Bodo, I have gathered over the years of interviewing divers that those who, who love to dive really love to dive. Uh, back when the arena hit the reef, one of the biggest fears was for the was for the reef, the place local diving identity. Uh, Shane, uh, Shane Wasek Wasick. Wasick. told me once one of the first couple days after it got stuck was hugely popular divers. For most of us, the damage of the reef has shifted back in our minds of fears of beaches, seafood, and wildlife become visible priority. But those who really love the dive, the site of the Beloved Reef has no doubt stayed mm. at the top of their concerns. Uh, but she goes on to say... And
2: this is what I was saying before about the guy who wanted to blow it up. You know, mm-hmm. that's just, it's just insane. It's a it's a marine reserve, and it's one of the most amazing dive spots um, in New Zealand. If you remember back in November, I was talking about the first New Zealand dive conference that we'd had in 10, 12 years. Shane was organized that conference and the diver we were going to be doing the days before was the astralar brief but then of course they went and ran this bloody container ship onto it so that much those plans Well,
0: uh, ho- hopefully this turns out a little bit better uh, but for me I, I always feel guilty when I when I look at a ship and and say well I wonder what that would look like underwater and then it actually happens and this this next article it's it's kind of that way at at, at the Costa Cordia and let me pass, paste that into the chat room uh you know it it's such a sad tragedy when there's life involved and then i know at least in the US people are innocent until proven guilty uh but this captain sure seems to have been a knucklehead you know maybe maybe he's not getting the the correct pr spin out there but uh there's been articles where they've said that he actually uh was not going on the the correct course and moved a little bit off. So his head maitre d could wave to his family was one of the reports. Uh, There's another, Mm -hmm. another report where he got off the ship before everybody else had, and uh, they've got audio and they say, you understand this is being recorded because they're ordering him back on the ship to help uh, assess the situation and and prepare for rescue of the passengers. But uh, what's, what's, in in the middle of all this tragedy, is just some of the photos are are amazing of that ship. I mean, th- these these vessels are huge. I've never been on a cruise ship myself, but uh, I've seen many of them from the pier, and they're just gigantic.
1: Well, we'll have to go to Italy and go see it, Darren.
0: Yeah, I- I'm all for that. I'd I'd go and do a dive. Uh, but I have quite a few articles, and we'll paste these in the chat into the show notes, so we won't cover them all here, but. Uh, as I, the photos are, are absolutely amazing. And then they were running into the, uh, they said the Viz was kind of poor.
2: You can nice. see that in some of the photographs that CNN has posted, although they're really not too bad. But what just astounds me is how close it is to the shore and, and how large it is compared to that island.
0: Yeah, it's, they're, they're not that deep. Um, the last article I found, let's see if I can pull that one up, Forty-five foot of water. Yeah, they had it at 45 foot of water, which would be, what, about 15 meters? Yeah. And uh, th- what they were concerned with, and this was earlier today, is that it's s- slowly sliding or settling. And they're concerned that it's going to slide down to the next level, which I think was uh, 60 or 70 meters.
2: And they're really concerned that it's going to slide while the divers are still inside. Yeah. So I think they pulled the last of the recovery divers out last night. And said, right, that's that's about it. It's just too dangerous. Yeah.
1: What I don't understand is there. Uh, I read an article where they were using cave divers to do the recovery. And, overhead environment.
2: A...
0: <clears throat> yeah, that would make sense. I yeah. would say think cave divers or or rebreather divers with enough gas.
2: Yeah, cave divers for, for the overhead environment reeling off techniques. It's pretty standard here as well.
0: Yeah. Now we don't have at least in the Great Lakes large cruise ships like that, but we have. Uh, Specifically trained rescue teams. That's what they train for, is to go into those type of environments. We usually don't get too much overhead, though.
2: Mm. A couple of those photographs, though, with Joe, um, a diver, and and I think there is one on that CNN link that you've posted. He's wearing an orange hard hat and he's got lights on. There's no tanks. (laughs) He must be snorkeling.
0: Snorkeling? I I didn't pick that up. Oh,
1: you see.
0: I, I think I was distracted by the fancy lights. Was he? He was the one with the two lights. <laughs> on what I find
1: interesting. What I find interesting in that picture is one. That's a pretty cool bottle near his right or left hand. But is he in an air pocket green within one. the ship? Yes, the green one. That's kind of a cool bottle. But yeah, anyway, right. I, I digress. But he's he's in an air pocket yeah. inside well, of the ship. you can
2: see the mask around his chin, but there's no tanks.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I've. It's what's been. I guess one thing that we can see from this is there doesn't seem to be a lot of consistency in the gear. Normally with the public safety divers around here, they all I mean it's it's they're pretty much wearing orange viking dry suits and they all have the same gear and in here it looks like I see I'm seeing somebody with a mixture of gear and then the, the guy right next to him is wearing something different.
1: Yeah, quite I don't think they're using actual public safety teams. I think these are just divers.
2: Uh, one of the articles says that they're divers from the the police squad, so, yeah. so I think could possibly they... what they've done is they've got as many people in the water as they can to try and um, save as many of the passengers as possible. Yeah. You know, because it was the middle of the night. And if you look at the translation from that Coast Guard uh, recording where they were talking to the captain, they're yelling at him, saying, saying, get back on the ship. Tell us which evacuation plan has been put into place. Tell us where all your passengers are, because we can't see anything.
0: Yeah, yeah, that, that was just a shocking yeah. transcript. And now I see that, that dive you're talking about. It. At first, I thought it was Mac, because I saw the guys got all these bottles. <laughs> 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 you know, but he's in a dry it. suit. It's either yeah,
2: that. <laughs>
1: but he's in a dry suit, Darren. It he can't he be was back.
0: he was in a dry suit, but like Tara pointed out, he's he's got no tank. Yeah, that is kind of odd. That almost looks like he might not actually he he might not be a diver. That might be more just a a cold weather suit for a a boat. Because my oh, my wife so. my, my wife will try and and point out articles where there's a two hundred dollar dry suit, and I said no, that's not the same. A type of dry suit
1: well you can see the inflator valve on his chest and the exhaust valve on his shoulder so it, it, I, th- I think it's a real dry suit but that's a good point car yeah. there there is no no tank visible no
2: tanks and if you have a look at his right arm it looks like he's either wearing a slate or a, uh, a computer on his right arm and he's well, definitely he's got a, a uatech d timer on his yeah. left
1: that's what I was getting ready to point out.
0: Yeah, and we don't yeah, know how he came in. He faster. could have been, you know, they've got some who are coming in from the bottom, some are coming in from the top. So he may have been, you know, very repelling down into the into the wreck.
2: Hmm.
0: So, gosh, I just feel so guilty because I want to dive it. I just, I, should, I shouldn't want to <laughs> go into the tragedy. I so. but...
1: um, so, I'm with you. Should I,
0: <laughs> so,
1: should I feel bad about myself that I don't feel guilty that I want to dive it?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, we're used to that from you, Dave, so don't worry about it. Yeah,
2: This is Gee, the Scoob show, so it is quite appropriate. Yeah,
0: It's, it's probably, considering the audience. Is it, is, how's the chat room feel? I don't see anybody in there. Chat room's been
1: awfully quiet. I'm going to have to stoke him up.
0: Yeah, where's uh, Tony? It I, looks like he, he bailed.
1: He dropped off. I sent him a text to ask him.
0: Yeah. Okay, well, we'll go from that, and then we'll, we'll pick up the article I, I didn't cover last week. I teased it in the beginning, and then, like, a good... Show host, I just completely glossed over it. Not a huge uh, bit of piece, but whenever we see tussles in the dive industry, I like to keep up on them. And this one was Aqualung is, uh, has a suit against Watermark Scuba. And the complaint is for patent infringement, and it's involving the locking knife and sheath. So uh, you can go if you'd love to read Legal Briefs, they've got the whole thing on this one particular website it goes on for 17 pages
1: you know i actually uh, when I, I actually found this exact page after you'd mentioned that i followed up on it myself and that looks like a winoka squeeze to me and i looked at watermarks knives i don't really see the similarity
0: it, it yeah i i don't know i mean i didn't read the whole the whole thing so you know in a patent case It could be something, it's something that they received a patent for that they feel is unique that somebody else uh, has exploited. So it could be the locking mechanism, it could be the way it attaches, something that they've got a patent for. And patents can last uh, quite a long time. So uh, this one was, the the patent was awarded in uh, July 27th, 1999.
1: Yeah, I'm sure the patent still holds, but I just I didn't see the I didn't see the similarity between the two knives. I looked at Walmart's knives, and I'm real familiar with the Onokas and I just really didn't see a similarity in anything about them other than the they may be getting into the retention point, but still, still sad and strife within the industry.
0: Yeah. But uh, they'll, they'll work out. I mean, th- this isn't necessarily a bad thing. I mean, if you actually are awarded a patent and you earned it and it's unique, then you should get a patent. What I see a lot in the high-tech industry is patents done for some of the most obvious things in the world. Uh, and then you've got like what Google is, is doing and Apple is doing and RIM and everybody where they're, they're, absorbed, they're getting as many patents they can have so that when they invariably break another company's patents, they can counter-sue and negotiate uh, an agreement. So not really what I consider patents for, but uh, that's what tends to happen. Um, the next one is uh, divers are removing abandoned fishing gear off the San Diego coast. Uh, we always like to cover some of these eco- ecology dives that are going on. And this one was, was it just me is the Internet down? It is just slow. Club? No, I'm not, not even on the right one. I got the wrong article again, damn it. <laughs> <sighs> I, I've had so many problems today. We'll just have to punt on that one. So,
1: it's, what's okay, that? Darren, it's okay, Darren, because you can edit it out later.
0: I can always edit yeah. it out later. I think that's a drinking game. Anytime I say I'll edit it out later, you have to take a drink.
1: You know, oh, I God, keep Dave depending on putting it together... <laughs> I keep intending to put together a reel of all of the, I'll edit it out later, comments from the last 99 episodes. Just seems like too much work.
0: <laughs> it would be. <laughs> that episode would be, that would that, that clip would be about two hours long. Nice. So, uh, but basically what it was, there were some divers, they got a bunch of junk and they picked it up. So, good job, guys. I'll have the link in the show notes and we'll go on to it. Uh, the clip that, the, the link I had pasted that headline is actually the one that where it says, club allows scuba divers to bond over shared passion and this one is uh the pristine Azul scuba diving club is allowing its 85 members to come together for diving trips and learn about the activity so uh
1: can you imagine a club with 85 active members
0: that that is pretty uh, we don't have anything like that around here i mean uh, we had our our mud club meeting this week, and uh, you know, and if you go visit our website, I mean, we're diving all the time, but we only had like, maybe eight, nine members. You know, admittedly, it was blizzard conditions outside, but uh, we got a few yeah, people but, together.
2: About the of, uh, how many people attend a, a club meeting, Darren?
0: Uh, at the best of times, you might get ten to fifteen, twenty at the peak, mm-hmm. and then we probably have forty members all together. Uh, you know, you've got some people who are paying dues, but, you know, like one lives in Alaska. You know, he, he, he's not exactly going to travel 2,000 miles uh, for the club meeting. Uh,
1: he wouldn't drive 2,000 miles to Dodge City. I Saint you know, Joe. It's, hard,
0: it's hard to believe. Ah. Yeah, the pictures he sends us, though, are outrageous. But, yeah, so, uh, but this one and then the ne- next one, which is also clubs, this one it was about uh, over in the U.K., where they've got a, a real strong diving club community. And this was is the extra SAC prepares for its own diamond jubilee. Uh, former James Bond scuba instructor leads the branch's 60th celebration. And that's the uh, a BSAC diver who trained some of James Bond's deadliest enemies in a new mission. Great-grandfather Clinton Curry, 74, is organizing the 60th. Anniversary celebration of the Exeter branch of the British sub-aquatic club now There's a lot of the British sub-aquatic clubs That's almost like a requirement to have a club over in in the UK. It seems like Uh, Well,
2: they're a a, a training institution over there as well So the BSAC the BSAC divers are known the world over
0: So so they not only are clubs, but they have their own uh, Training program then yeah, they do okay that kind of makes sense also, I've noticed that a lot of their clubs tend to have their own boats, which makes me extremely jealous. <laughs> so, uh, a, a few bits of information. So, Tara,
1: do you guys have active clubs the in New Zealand? Also, they
2: can afford. Sorry, say that again, Dave.
1: In New Zealand, do you do you tend to have active clubs, or are your clubs pretty small?
2: No, we tend to have pretty, very active clubs. Um, For example, the Auckland University has a a dive club um, with some instructors, and they also organise training, but they have their own small boat. They're always out doing trips. They've got a pretty good newsletter. They have a good club night. Uh, The dive shop that I teach part-time through would have, on average, 20 or 30 people turning up to club night once. um, And also a, a newsletter group um, That'd have a few hundred on it. We've got about 600 on our Facebook page, and we hear from people quite often. So uh, there's and there's probably three or four other clubs that I can think of just in Auckland. Yeah, we club diving's pretty popular.
0: That's excellent. Because uh, wow. that's kind of been a, a debate around here. Is you yeah. have some people are for clubs and some are against clubs. Uh, to me, the, the purpose of the club has to be, or organization. I mean, you don't have to do a club. Uh, you know, I, I have to say that without the local dive club, I probably would have never stayed in diving. You know, once I got through the, the initial training, uh, there just wasn't really, you know, the, the, the dive shop that we got training from used to have, I call them like weekly dives, where they get together kind of like their own club, but then they just stopped organizing them. So they didn't have any sort of... Program to take the the newer divers and introduce them into the local diving that was available. The only thing that seemed to be common was uh, you know if you wanted to do uh, you know Fiji or Hawaii or some exotic trip, they were more than set up for you. But there wasn't anything local, and it wasn't until I got associated with a dive club, Jim and myself, where we we discovered all these that that body of water that we drive by every day you can actually go and dive in.
1: And find treasure.
0: And find treasure, yeah. We didn't even think about that. River diving, muck diving, we wouldn't have known how or what to do. So not that...
1: to mention now you have a, a, a huge supply of nippled fish eggs.
0: Yes. <laughs> I'm still waiting for them to hatch there. Not quite take it off like I planned. <laughs> but And that's, that's the thing with clubs. So, you know, are clubs good? I think so. But clubs can also be bad. But uh, it's it's anything with people. You're going to get all sorts of extremes. So if you're in an area and there's a lot of like-minded divers and you want to make a club, start off with something informal. Get a bunch of people together, and you can form a club. It doesn't have to be officially called a club. It can be a group. It can be a you know make up some funny name. Uh, But we also have discovered that the more you do, like uh, you know, as we're we're doing shipwrecks, it's nice to have an identity uh, because it, it creates a little bit of credibility. If you're out there in the community doing positive things. Uh, the that club will is to your adva- benefit, your advantage. Uh, also, if you get to the point where you need to do some fundraising, people aren't going to give five guys a bunch of money for a side scan sonar. But if you have a nonprofit club or group uh, that's recognized by the IRS, then uh, you you can go and solicit for for donations for for things like that. So uh, there's an advantage to it. Oh
2: yeah, yeah. I I, I definitely agree with dive clubs. You know. The easiest way to get more people into diving is to keep the divers that you have diving because they'll talk about how cool it is. They'll talk about the things that they see and the places that they go and you'll see people's ears around them start to prick up and that's how our community gets stronger or or keeps going, you know, yeah, yeah. Oh, I definitely agree with dive clubs. But um hey look I'm sorry, I actually have to run. So it's okay. been lovely talking to you guys. Oh, and well, I'll talk to you next week. Yep, talk to you <laughs> cool, later. Thanks for care. coming on. Good night, Tara. Okay. Cheers. Bye. Good bye. night, Dave.
0: So we'll continue on. It was nice having Tara on. I like that local perspective on the on their their shipwreck that they're having going on down there. So that was kind of my my my. Almost oh, certainly,
1: and, and the arena has has been a very interesting story, just from the way that is. So, are there any more articles to discuss?
0: Well, we've got uh, let's see on the potentially cool gear. Uh, we had an email, and I, like of all other technical problems I've had this week, I it was I think it was Brian, and uh, I'll place this in the chat room, and he was pointing out uh, something that he, he had. He said he hadn't seen anybody using it in actual diving equipment but i look at it and uh, uh some of the links i saw in the gear actually showed it being used in water so i don't see any reason why you couldn't use this
1: well you know that's actually a very interesting alternative to the normal um oh, my brain just slipped the uh the goodman handle where you yeah. slide it over your hand it actually opens up your hand i well, can that, see something like this being great in a cooper well
0: it will exactly and also if you look at where the flashlights are moving towards, where we're getting smaller flashlights with more power, uh, this, this is nice. I, it, for those of you who haven't seen what this is, just imagine a cuff with Velcro around it that goes around your wrist. And on the back, it has uh, a, an elastic spandex pocket where a flashlight would slide into. So, you know, it's almost like some sort of an uh, action figure. Uh, like Boba Fett in Star Wars, you know, my geek cred there. Uh, looked like some sort of weapon that he would have, you know, on the back of his hand.
1: I actually see where this could be beneficial instead of using a Goodman handle because it now it frees up your entire hand to be able to to grub.
0: Yeah, yeah, because I've I've used a dive light with a Goodman handle, and that you know, I I I don't I only used it a few times. I borrowed it from somebody, but it's like you said, you your your hands, you got something in your hands. Uh, if you're moving your hand for some reason, the light moves with your hand, you know, so I, I'm sure I blind half my dive buddies the first time I used, used it, but this, this looks nice. And it might, maybe this might not be for your primary light, but maybe for uh, a backup light, you know, to to have it right there and convenient. So that's an interesting idea. I might, you know, try one of these out and play around with it and see how it works. Also, I like the idea. It's got a, uh, reflective armband. So. Uh, you know, for firemen, it's probably just for uh, visibility. You know, Trompy
1: pointed out something that's uh, very interesting in the chat room. The only issue that you could see with this, and, and there's found to be a way to integrate it, is might it be in a way of a computer or a compass you're wearing on your wrist?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, you've got two hands. So, I mean, you could double fist, I guess, and have a light on each one, or you just pick the side that doesn't have your computer on it. Uh, I've My computer's actually on a console. But at some point, you know, I could see myself going to a wrist computer.
1: That's that's what I found I preferred.
0: Yeah. Well, also, you could do this. You know, maybe you could have it combined. We In the dive club, we have quite a few people who actually have lights like this, and they actually have them on their uh, their mask. And wh- why they like those is it makes yeah. it easier yeah. for reading gauges and stuff because they have their, you know, their, they call it the light of death or their laser in their hand. And it's just too bright. It'll be pointing at your your gauges. So that was some potentially cool scuba gear. Uh, the video of the week we have
1: Interesting
0: is, idea. It is. And the video of the week we have is the Fiat Goes Diving. So I'll paste that into the chat room. Uh, let me see if I can pull up the article without it playing. The websites are getting more and more annoying. Yes, they are. They, they've got to insert their ads. But this one, not oh, crap. Here's the ad.
1: To think uh, we're too stupid to click play. Yeah.
0: Well, the, hopefully their advertisers figure out that the only people who watch the whole ads are the ones who aren't there when it plays. Uh, <laughs> but this one is Fiat of in India launches a new Fiat uh, Linea and Punto 2012 ocean campaign that is driven by a film shot underwater. It is a move to announce a launch of the upgraded version of the Linea and the Punto. Fiat India has released a new television commercial shot entirely underwater. The film shows two cars that are assembled against the odds in a challenging environment. Uh, the main objective is to communicate to the uh, communicate the host of new features the upgraded versions have, uh, such as due, due tone interiors and automatic headlights. The underwater rendition has a multi-fold purpose. First, it is literally as well as figuratively manifest the brand's Ability to dive deep in the core consumer wants and needs. Wow, that's a little bit of a stretch. Uh, and uh, we'll get through that. So Underwater Technicalities, it was shot at the Yak Marine Institute and CarJet. The film involves submerging dismantled car parts where they're filmed by scuba divers with underwater camera. post submersion, the movements of the parts were controlled by strings to make them appear like they're floating towards a chassis. Different shots were eventually enhanced with computer graphics. Images of marine life, such as the sharks, were artificially created. The, uh, authorities, three days to shoot the film. The last shot was that the complete car with parts intact, was shot above water, was made to appear like it was a shot underwater. Post-production was done in Germany. So uh, if you want to read about what they were doing. But the, the video is actually kind of interesting.
1: I think we need to do this live underwater.
0: So we no need to post-production. Get them to, they, so, they yeah, they need to give us, actually, the way you do it, is you do everything in reverse. So what they do is they give us a complete car, we submerge it in the water, and then we rip it apart. And then when you play it backwards, it's like it's being assembled. See, I, th- I think they should go for that.
1: I, I, I'm with you. That, that would be fun. How many tanks would it take to disassemble a brand new Fiat?
0: Well, it depends what kind of explosives you're using. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, uh, maybe next week we'll cover, we had, uh, what we'll to put it on a reef first. Yeah. And, uh... Maybe when Max here we will cover, we'll cover this Triton, uh, I've seen, I just paste in the chat room, be careful guys, that's a, just a video, there's no text for that. But, uh, you know, there's a, a competition to see who can make modern submarines that can get to the deepest part of the oceans. And we've got uh, Virgin Atlantics Bronson, and you've got uh, yes Cameron, and uh, there's also another third player who is doing a submarine called the Triton, which is a glass globe. And uh the founder one of the founders and and leads in that company is what I would call a scuba obsessed diver, so what we'll have to do is an article on him. I'd love to have him on the show. But he seems to have been doing a press chunk at the last couple weeks just pitching the submarines and I wouldn't mind having one.
1: Oh, who wouldn't? But I, I think you're right because Mac is the submarine obsessed, um and he, he's he would have some pretty good input. Yeah, I was reading about that, and it's very interesting that they're all going down. They're all wanting to go down to the Marianas Trench. Yeah. Wow.
0: So yeah, that's not not exactly your stroll in the back. And you know, when we're talking 150, 200, 300 feet deep, or you know, 100 meters or so, it's nothing like what they're talking about down there. You know, 60,000 feet, just unbelievably yeah. deep. And then blog post of the week. This Yeah, I would is, definitely
1: have to log that.
0: Yeah, that would that would be a log dive. And then our blog post of the week, we have another one from Andy. He just keeps uh, grinding them out. Uh, And this one's kind of useful for the do-it-yourselfers. He's talking about how to putting a bungee in your pocket. So definitely uh, worth taking a read on what he's doing over there.
1: Oh, I'll I'll have to give Andy credit. He is a very creative writer, and his posts are entertaining to read, and almost all of them are very informative. And the bungee in a pocket, most certainly, actually, it's a shame Tony isn't here, but I just had a conversation with Tony about putting bungee in his pocket on his dry suit, actually, probably three hours before Andy posted this.
0: So you're saying Andy it's stole a great, the great idea from you?
1: No, he just was having a parallel <laughs> thought.
0: Which is easy he to do. He was having quite, e- quite e- easy enough to do. So uh, a, g- a good article. And he goes into uh, First, depth. Of... you know, before you go ahead.
1: But, you know, we need to get you in a dry suit with pockets so you can bungee your stuff off. We need to get you into a dry suit with pockets so that you can bungee your stuff
0: off. What makes me nervous about, uh, you know, like, like the Fusion, I I kind of like the idea of the Fusion. I'm not so keen on the Fusion and pockets, so. though. I just don't know how that well that would work out. It can be done. You just, just have pitch, to modify just the autograph. That I look like uh, some 90-year-old lady with saggy skin with pockets, you know, down by my knees.
1: Well, you don't mount them to the skin. You mount it to the base suit, and then you, you actually modify the cover to allow it to fit over the pocket. Well, the Internet's really uh, yeah,
0: kind of really weak this week. Internet week. Yeah, the weak,
1: yeah. So, we'll blame Al Gore.
0: Al Gore. Yeah, he invented it. He just didn't do that good a job. Or maybe it's Sopa sticking its ugly head up at us. So that kind of does it for the news. Uh, we went through and we, we tortured that enough. Uh, you get any diving in this last week
1: not this last week i've actually been fighting off a head cold um i was actually uh stuck on the pool deck for several classes um and then i have people teasing me about upcoming dives and it just it's killing me but i don't want to uh, don't want to risk it while I, while I know i can't clear
0: yeah that's yeah if, uh, it, i always
1: i saw you guys got in the water
0: w- we certainly did uh we weren't really expecting an ice dive but we prepared for one and uh, we went to the yacht club in Pop Paw, at Pawpaw Paw Lake and uh, as we drove to the yacht club there's a little uh, river that goes along there and we could see where somebody had thrown some snowballs and they were just bouncing off the ice so we said yeah that's it and you never it, it's one thing to to do an ice dive but this was an ice dive where the the ice isn't as as thick and and you have to treat it like a a true ice dive cuz you, if you don't you're going to be in trouble uh ice less than a half an inch thick can be incredibly difficult to break from underneath and it gets much thicker than that like you can't break through 1 inch of ice from below you know unless right. unless you've got an auger or an axe or something which just isn't really good dive gear there's just no way you're going to get out. So what we did is we did it as a as a yeah an ice dive. Uh, we had tenders. Uh, we had a new tender. Uh, one of our d- divers, uh, David, uh, he had never tendered before. So before we went in, we we covered how to do all the tendering, and then Mac and I went out. And this is actually of all the ice dives I've done, uh, this is the first time I've actually gone on the same tether with another diver, which was it was actually kind of an interesting experience.
1: Wow, that's kind of weird.
0: Uh, I mean, that's how we that's how we've set up to do it before uh normally we do in that is we have uh a line at the end with a snap on it for each diver and that connects to the main line so we've done that but uh in the past it's usually just been one diver down at the time but if you have enough shore support and people you can get two down so that's what we did this particular spot uh i was uh, well we're both back and i of course are driving diving wetsuits so we did a wetsuit we did the shanty we did the priming we got in Uh, visibility was probably six to eight feet, uh, a little bit better than the week before. We went, uh, one way we had, uh, we probably didn't go much more than 50 feet out from the shore. We had the line. There's one spot where we kind of changed direction. We, we were getting way out there, but we weren't getting any height. So it's not a real good feeling to be in three or four feet of water and, and have full ice over you. Just don't feel like you got a whole lot of maneuvering space.
1: No, you don't. You really don't. Any treasure?
0: Uh, we did see a bottle in four or five cans. We also saw sticking out of the bottom kind of a metal attachment. And uh, when we went and monkeyed around there, what we think it is is part, probably part of a pier for a dock system that somebody had done. So it was probably like a concrete anchor with an attachment that they were using to secure the, the a pier down. Uh, also, there's quite a bit of logs. And we did get to the... Uh, the edge where it went down a little bit deeper, so we, we probably got about twenty feet deep so but it was a nice refreshing dive. Uh, water temperature, of course we were you know as we were down, uh, ice was freezing above us, so you know, we had they had to our shore support people had to keep keep it open for us.
1: did you uh, were you able to just knock a hole in the ice or did you have to use tools to cut a hole or just jump through?
0: Uh, we just jumped through because at the shore it was probably about a half an inch, so we were able to jump through the ice and then we kind of backed out to the point where the ice got to be too much to where you just couldn't push through it.
1: Yeah, I know that uh, I actually uh, had Tony on a dive uh, two weeks ago, and we had skim ice, and it was interesting. His first time even being around ice, it was was very, very funny watching him.
0: Yeah, I still want to be there when they got, like, the fractal ice and it's starting to form.
1: Oh, I've seen the videos. That would be so awesome.
0: We've had some of the club members have been in ice when it's been doing that, but I haven't had a chance to see it. Now, this was forming. I mean, the ice was building, but we were just breaking through it and then it was refreezing. But overall, a good, good dive. You know, two out of the last two weeks have been going to dive in. We've got another one slated for this Sunday. So if anybody happens to be in the Paw Paw Lake area, we're going to do the same spot again. Hopefully, get down, uh, you know, a little bit deeper. Nice. Yeah. And then in the chat room, they're talking about do I have a dry suit yet? No, I. I don't have a dry suit yet, and I need to get one. Uh, my boots are wearing out. My wetsuit's wearing out. My gloves are wearing out. Uh, and I'm determined not to buy any more wetsuit stuff until I get a dry suit. So hopefully very soon. I don't haven't quite gotten it yet.
1: Oh, yeah. And it, it, it makes a phenomenal difference in the effect when you're diving. It It's night and day. Yep.
0: And then also they're asking in the chat room if you've been able to talk me into going to Moorhead City yet. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> I so, don't know, guys. I, I've i got permission to go. I just don't believe it. <laughs> I don't know. I just, there's other things. Until I get that dry suit, I don't know if I'm going to pony up money that for is, a trip.
1: That is, I can't even speak. That is so funny. I've, I've got permission to go, but I well, don't know if I believe it. That well, is awesome.
0: Well, let's say if your wife said, go ahead and buy a Ferrari. It's one thing to get permission to buy it. It's another to have the the means to buy it. And that's kind of where I am. Quite. Uh, there's there's nothing worse. I don't know if anybody's ever been on a vacation where the only thing you could do is get to the location spot. But there's not a much worse vacation than doing that. So I want to make sure that there is enough funds budgeted to where, you know, I can get down there. <laughs> and, you, know, I, you know, And I know, you know, Rich, from the perspective of a dive shop owner uh you know you know reserve the money and you're going to have to come up with it but yeah there's there's nothing like eating uh you know 99 cent value meals all the way down and back but the diving would be good
1: well down and back yeah you're going to be eating 99 cent value meals it's the dining once you're there because there are a couple of restaurants we'll be going to that are phenomenal the 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 food is just super the the seafood is super fresh Mm, incredible Plus, you'd also need your captain money. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely bring that. Oh. Yeah,
1: you, you can skip a meal for captain.
0: Yeah, yeah, and they're asking why you don't need a dry suit for Moorhead. It's not the matter of the dry suit. It's just that, you know, like if I didn't do the Cooper River trip, I would have probably have had a dry suit by now, and that's what kind of sucks. That was a great dive. You know, I wouldn't have given it up, but, damn it, I need a dry suit.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, and, and I'm feeling your pain. I'm going through that right now myself with uh... – some classes I've got coming up and there's some pretty high dollar classes and there's some other stuff I want and just trying to figure out how to balance the want versus want.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know what it is. I mean, it's, it's high on my, my list of stuff, but hopefully uh, this, this year I won't have as many expenses as I had last year. You know, I don't, I'm not taking any kids to Washington DC or do anything like that. So maybe I can get something in. So I, I, yeah, you know, I'll make a hard decision next week or so. Maybe maybe I'll be my announcement for episode one hundred is whether I'm going to go on the trip or not. But uh, definitely want to go.
1: Oh yeah, it's it's a good time. It's uh as far as entertaining diving, it's the Cooper River times ten. It's not nearly as challenging as the Cooper, but it is phenomenal diving. So what do you have planned for the future? Any dives coming up?
0: Well, we're hitting show season, so we're going to start having that kick in full bore so we have our world underwater we have the ford seahorses over in Rich's next to the wood but i you know i actually i did check my schedule and i can't make that one again this year i'm bummed about oh, that. oh really yeah i've got my son's he's got uh pinewood derby and it's his last year in cub scouts before going on the boy scouts and
1: can you get them uh, to reschedule the pinewood derby
0: uh probably not <laughs> probably <laughs> not Probably not. So
1: that's a shame. That's an awesome show.
0: That is. I, I I went to it not last year, but the year before, and I bet I ran the same thing last year. So I'm I'm pretty sure I'm going to hit our world underwater. So uh, if you're heading that way, uh, we're going to do the Saturday of that weekend. Uh, we're going to get the club together, and, and we're all going to head. Uh, uh, Max talking about going to Scuba Fest. He's actually been pretty excited about that. Actually, I we're think he I, I think he might even do the Ford Seahorses. He was kind of down on the lineup that they had but then he's he's seen some recent updates of what's being shown and now he's excited about going so he well, might be
1: the one thing about the seahorses show is trotter is always going to be showing you teasing video of new stuff he's found yeah and there's there's a good lineup it's it's not bad not yeah. bad Scubafest yeah. fest has got an awesome lineup and uh, i'm looking forward to matt coming down for that we've got the first of all the for the banquet the keynote speaker daniel lanahan that is going to be incredible. He is one of the few people that's dove the USS Arizona.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He'll be awesome to hear. I don't know if you've read his book. I, I can't recall the title, but uh, he worked with the dive team with the National Park Service. And their, their primary goal when they first formed was to study the inundated lands that we had created by building all of our reservoirs and the impact. And then they moved on to doing other historical areas. I, they do, they were the first dive team really doing Bikini Atoll. Mm-hmm. They did radiological surveys there to find out can we even open this to divers? Phenomenal! The, the stuff he has done is incredible. I can't wait to hear him talk.
0: I just was this last week watching a show on the Bikini Atoll, and that was absolutely amazing. I want to go there. I've there's been a little bit where uh because the, sh- the show I was watching was showing people. And they were taking measurements, and they weren't finding the radioactive material like they were expecting. Right. So I've, I've heard that that's been opened up, and I've heard it's been closed. I really need to research it to find more about it. Uh, I do know that you can't live on the island because the island is actually a lot more radioactive than the water around it.
1: Right. And, and that's the thing with water. It's the universal solution. It, it's... It's probably the radi- radioactive material has probably been diluted so much and shifted to so many different areas. And that's probably the reason why the background radiation underwater is, is negligible. Yeah,
0: Well, it's also, you know, I, I live within spitting distance of two nuclear plants and four reactors. And water is a lot of what they use to help contain the reaction. So, I mean, it's, it's part of the process of breaking down. Uh so yeah I'd I'd love to get out through the bikini at all. So that's good. That's uh, he's one of the speakers there. Uh you know if if you're not getting out and going diving, you got to at least hit up the shows. They'll that'll get you excited about it. It'll start getting you to, to reconnect with people, start making plans. By this time of the year, you should have an idea of what you want to do and start actually seriously making plans of doing it. Uh cause it seems to be like Rich will talk about where he doesn't have something filling up and then he'll have to give up some spots and all of a sudden everybody wants to go. So <laughs> Don't don't wait like me. Go ahead and book your your trips and your time and get those spots reserved, and then you have something to look forward to. Sometimes it's almost more fun to to be planning something. You know, no, get, it, get it,
1: it it really is, Darren. Having something to look forward to. I mean, I I dive a lot, but knowing that I'm going to Moorhead City, I'm anticipating it. I'm, I'm I can't wait for that. But at yeah. the same time, this is also when all the divers really need to get their gear in and get it serviced before you get out there and it doesn't work. There would be nothing that would suck more than going on a great trip and not being able to dive because your reg quit working.
0: Uh, I definitely need to get my, my stuff serviced. I just got to stop diving long enough to get it serviced. So maybe one of these uh, weekends right now I've got a uh, a show set up. I'll have to take it in the week before. So that way they got a little bit of time so they're not rushing to get my gear cleaned up. Hopefully, uh, what also I'm kind of afraid of is, is what are they going to find? nice i i I think i've i keep my stuff pretty well maintained and i'm diving it a lot and it's in fresh water and i rinse it out so i'm hoping it's fine but uh, i'd almost like to be there when somebody opens it up so i just could see and they go see look at this crap you're diving in
1: well you know really um what you said is the reality you dive your gear a lot and it's really harder on gear to sit i've got a couple of sets i've gone through this week where these divers went diving in salt water about a year and a half ago, and it looks like they just put their stuff back in a bag and brought it home and threw it in a closet.
0: Yeah. Well, the, the, the thing with salt water, and if if people don't normally dive in salt water and they're not experienced in it, the thing with salt water is that that tank that they have in the dive boat that you're supposed to be rinsing that stuff off, that can be almost as salty as the water that you just got out of.
1: And most likely it is, and that's why when they get home they need to clean it up. Yeah. And I I think you'll be fine with your gear, and my solution for you is you need to buy a second reg. That way you don't have a concern. You can send one out for service and still be diving, but you have to do that after the dry suit.
0: That's what I'm going to say. I'm still working on dry suit. Uh, So,
1: Well, I've got some uh, big plans coming up. Um, I've got uh, some really incredible younger guys who are, I would say, more than scuba obsessed. They're willing to get in dry suits and get in water right now and... As you're well, very well aware, that's not exactly easy. They're they're just wanting to dive, and they they've actually prompted me to. They want me to plan dives for the next six months, and we'll see. I I think we're gonna be diving a whole lot locally, just to uh, keep them happy, which that'll make me happy too. And uh, I keep debating. I've got some uh, some people that keep teasing me about a St. Clair River dive on Sunday, mm-hmm. and seeing the reports on what the visibility is and what the temperatures are going to be. It's very, very tempting, but we're doing a, we're doing a a pool dive night Saturday and I'm not going to be getting in the water because I'm not, I want to let my ears really clear up, but I'm still tempted.
0: Yeah, that sounds good.
1: We need to get you guys over to St. Clair.
0: We were just talking about the mud club meeting this week. Mac was, was pitching it to the rest (laughs) of the club. And I think we, we just kind of need to just put it on the schedule and go because, uh, if we don't get it on there, we're not going to make uh, the trip of it. But it sounds like everybody wants to do kind of a day run. So it would be one of those things where uh, we'll run up real early in the morning, get the dive in, and then run back.
1: Oh, yeah. And, and that's that's ideal conditions. And with the San Sushi Bar right there at Harson's, or are you guys talking about going to the uh, Port Huron end?
0: No, we were thinking about doing the end that you're doing because they've done the Port Huron end. So I think they would like to do the end where you've been diving just to see what it's like. Max has been drooling over bottles, so.
1: That's shocking.
0: Yeah, just, ju- yeah, exactly. Surprise. But uh, I think just the excitement of getting, getting a different line. Because after a while, you know, Mac's getting to the point where you know, he looks at a bottle, and, you know, I, I take the ones that he throws away many times because they're still good to me. He's, he's only looking for upgrading. So now he'd have a whole new line of bottles from St. Clair that would have brands and marks that he hasn't gotten before.
1: Did you ever complete your case of beer bottles?
0: I'm pretty close, I think I probably have enough. I just need to put them together, and then uh you know, I've been deliberately not spending money because I'm trying to get the dry suit fund, but I need to get probably a forty gallon barrel of some c l r and at least really start doing some scrubbing.
1: Well, I will tell you that most people diving off of Harson's find the beer bottles, and most of them are most of them are actually nineteen forties and nineteen fifties beer bottles, which I kind of like your theory of if it's older than me, I'm keeping it, yeah. And I keep I keep finding all these bottles, and I bring them back, and it, it's it's actually kind of entertaining. Um, Bill isn't in tonight, but uh, I thought Bill was going to drown himself laughing at me because my bag was so bulging. I kept finding stuff, and I would hand it to Bill to put in his bag.
0: <laughs> that, that's, what I, that's what your dive buddies are for is to haul your crap up.
1: Yep, most certainly. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing you guys hitting the river. Be some yeah. good reports.
0: Uh, it's, it feels like it's been so long since I did a river dive. I did a few in the early fall, and we just haven't had it. We keep having rain. We had a downpour here about three days ago. Here we are, middle of January, and we're still getting rain. And then when we're not getting rain, we're getting snow. It's just been crazy. And we're supposed to be up in the 40s again this weekend.
1: Yeah, I, I you know, I don't think this is going to be a good winter for ice diving.
0: No, I, Max holding out. He thinks that February, Mar- the end of February, beginning of March will be a good ice dive, but...
1: I'm not so sure. I think yeah. we're we're still stuck with the the rain, all the runoff, poor visibility, and it is what it is, and we just have to just keep diving
0: it. And yeah, we'll have to see. You know, I'm okay with this if we get an early spring. I'm with you because uh, I I I was looking at my logbook and uh the weekend of the 14th and 15th two years ago we were in Lake and and March, we were in Lake Michigan, so nothing like getting a good early dive. Uh, start to the dive season Uh, and i'm really curious to see how max Rex held up with the we had a really horrendous storm a week afterwards which probably moved a whole bunch of sand so we want to see if it exposed more of the wreck or if we've got to start working with the archaeological archaeological groups and get some of that sand moved
1: nice i cannot wait to drop down on that wreck
0: yeah so I, i anticipate i'm gonna we're gonna have a lot of visitors coming in who want to get on that wreck
1: I know Mitch dropped out but uh, I know Mitch wants to drive up from Tennessee to do it that's worse than me
0: yeah, no no, that, that, it'd be worth it I mean if if somebody's coming up now I you know we're, we're not dive charters so you know we're not licensed captains if we get enough people we got boats that we can charter if we've got a bunch of people go out but yeah maybe that's what we need to do maybe we need to do a uh, a uh, weekend where we get everybody to all come up and, and we'll dive because we could uh, hit uh, you know, maybe do two or three tanks a day for a couple days, and we could hit uh, Max Rack. We could hit Davana, the Rock Away, Ann Arbor Five, Barge and Crane. That'd be a whole slew of diving, and then we could do another weekend where it'd be all technical dives. That
1: sounds incredible. We'll have to uh, see what we can put together. Yeah,
0: yeah. Rich is supposed to make it up. We've been trying to twist his arm. So, so we have, uh,
1: have we reached that point yet?
0: To twist his arm?
1: No, no. The uh, the bad point of the show.
0: Yeah, we do, and I'm looking at the joke, and I'm apologizing, because it's so bad, it's, it almost feels like I've done it before. but So if I have, I apologize, but some of these I just suppress, so I don't know if they've happened. But uh, let's see. Oh my gosh, we, we waited out the chat room. Uh, so I don't know, is that a punishment, that people wait this long?
1: I'm not sure, but, you know, John is pretty hardcore, considering he's hanging in here with us, and uh, he has not yet even started his open water
0: So he's trying to get his abuse and hazing done before he gets in the water. Exactly. Okay, well, here we go. A little bit more. A scuba diver walks into a bar with his pet monkey. He orders a drink, and while he's drinking, the monkey starts jumping all over the place. The monkey grabs some olives off the bar and eats them. He then eats some sliced limes. He eats them. He then jumps on the pool table, grabs a cue ball, sticks it in his mouth, and swallows it whole. The bartender screams at the guy, Did you see what your monkey just did? The guy says, No, what? He just ate the cue ball off the pool table. Hole, says the bartender. Hey, that doesn't surprise me, replies the scuba diver. He eats everything in sight, that little twerp. I'll pay for the cue ball and stuff. He finishes his drink, pays his bill, and leaves. Two weeks later, he's in the bar again, and he has that monkey with him. He orders another drink, and the monkey starts running around the bar. When the man is drinking, the monkey finds a cherry on the bar. He grabs it, sticks it up his butt, and pulls it out, and then he eats it. The bartender is thoroughly disgusted. Did you see what your monkey did now? Now what, asked the patron. Well, he stuck the cherry up his butt and then pulled it out and ate it, says the bartender. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me, replies the patron. He still eats everything in sight, but since he ate that damn cue ball, he measures it first.
1: Bad, bad, bad. <laughs> it, it fits. That, that's...
0: Yeah. <laughs> it, it even leaves a bad taste in the mouth. So...
1: Bump. <laughs> I need so, to get uh, the drums
0: out for that. So, yeah, just, just have another drink. So, until next week, go out there and get wet. Call recording has been completed.
1: So what? My my joke wasn't uh, good enough.